We'd like to thank Noda by M&T Bank for their generous support of this podcast. To learn more, visit TrustNoda.com. Terms and conditions may apply. Hello and welcome to another edition of On the Road with Legal Talk Network. This is Lawrence Coletti. I'm the host for today's show, which is being recorded from the ABA Tech Show 2021 online in the ether from the cloud using the interweb. So anyway, joining me now, I have a good friend, Damian Real from Fastcase. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Lawrence. I really enjoy being here. Yeah, no, it's been a while. I'm so glad we got a chance to uh, to catch up. And so, um, you know, you presented at this year's ABA Tech Show. And obviously, you know, we've been kind of saying this in the other in the other recordings. Kind of an off year, you know, it's the uh, virtual, but uh, you know, it kind of fitting in a way, in a weird way, because it is tech show. So if anybody can go remote, it's going to be tech show. But uh, anyway, you, you did this great presentation. I want to get into it. it's artificial intelligence and. Uh, automation and collecting data. I want to get into it, but uh, you know, I know you work at Fastcase, but uh, you know, what do you do for everybody over there? Sure. At Fastcase, uh, one of my jobs is uh, for a long time I was building, uh, essentially being able to maintain our Fastcase Seven product to be able to make sure that it was doing the fastest, best uh, product that it is. Uh, my my work these days is working with my collaborator, Lawrence, uh, my uh, Itai, uh, and Itai. What uh, for those who don't know him, he's in Judicata, Itai Garari, and he's probably the best legal tech guy I've ever worked with. Uh, that he knows, uh, he knows how to code. He's also a lawyer. Uh, so my job these days is to be able to extract from our data set, which is about 430 million documents or so, extract from that the things that matter, and then feed it back in a way that will uh, help lawyers, whether it be analytics or research or otherwise. Um, so that's my, in a nutshell, I uh, have a dream job where I'm able to take hundreds of millions of documents and make sense of it uh, in a way that will help with AI. I went through your presentation, it really gave me a new appreciation for all the steps involved in distilling that down. I think really useful information for lawyers, but I got I to gotta tell you, it's really high level. I think it's one of those things that uh, I want to walk through step by step to kind of uh, grab all that granular detail, which I don't think it's too complicated. I just think it's the terminology that uh, might throw some people off just because it's probably new. They're used to uh, dealing in statutes and, and things like that. So um, let's start with this, just kind of a brief overview of where you went with your presentation. What's kind of the overarching theme? Sure. The overarching is that when people think I want AI, they think of magic. And uh, what I wanted to really get through in my presentation is that AI is not magic. It's just smart people being able to interpret data that every lawyer has uh, at their fingertips and just being able to run it through a machine to be able to get an answer uh, to a question they're having. Uh, and so that the really to, to get to that answer part, you need to have enough structured data in your system to be able to be better answer the questions you really want answered. So uh, really my whole presentation was to demystify what is the easy button that everyone wants in AI and to give some insights as to the, the hard work and the cleaning of the data to be able to enable the AI that everybody wants. So and mostly I tried to talk about some of the cleaning steps and being able to tag things in a way that will then enable AI. Yeah, I definitely want to get through that step by step. And so, you know, you just mentioned that you, you're able to go through millions upon millions of documents and sort them down in these meaningful ways. And so when it comes to like kind of managing your practice and getting sort of that vital information to help you become a more competitive law firm, you know, from your experience, what is the most useful information that might be at 
the fingertips of a law firm, but they're just not aware of it. So what's kind of like that low hanging fruit? Where do you find it? Sure. And the biggest thing is is uh, being able to figure out what the question is that you really want answered. And that's okay. it's, it seems obvious, but it's uh, it's not as obvious because people uh, you know will say you know I want to be able to get insights. Well, really, what are the answers do you want? Do you want to know what practice areas in your law firm are the most profitable? Uh, is is your question what documents? Uh, who can do the motion to dismiss the best of anyone that I work with? Being able to answer those questions, um, being able to know what questions to ask is uh, the most important thing. Uh, but once you do that, then being able to say, okay, what are the systems that I have in place already that can answer those questions? Um, that might be a document management system, or it might be Clio, or the practice management system, or it might be your billing, uh, you know, be able to look through your narratives. Um, so I would say that to your question, what is the lowest hanging fruit? I would say, you know, the, uh, there's a saying in photography that the best camera is the camera you have with you. I would say that the best data set is the data set you already have. So once you have that data set, whether it's document management system or uh, billing system or uh, practice management system, take that data and then be able to use that software in the way that it's meant to be used to be able to answer the real questions that you want to be able to get to. Yeah, I think that's wise. But, you know, I, it's amazing sort of these analytic tools that some of these basic platforms have. And just giving like sort of a non-legal example that I think a lot of people can relate to. If you have social media, um, you know, you've got analytics sort of built into it. So, you know, when we utilize Twitter, we utilize LinkedIn and uh, Instagram, you know, they have sort of, uh, you know, statistics and uh, metrics packages built into them. And it's just there for us. We just take it and, and look at it. So I think, you know, one of the, I think one of the first steps, and let me know if you disagree, Damien, is like, look at the software products that you're using and see what they have built in that may provide some answers to those kind of questions that you should be asking. So let, let's uh, let's transition to that um, that roadmap that you laid out. I thought this was really thoughtful. You kind of uh, laid it out in, in, a, in a series of steps. And what I want to do is just really quickly go through the steps, Damien. I'm just going to list them off. And then I want to go uh, step by step to kind of uh, highlight some of the things that sort of that philosophy of thinking that uh, business-minded lawyers that want to run a successful law firm should be thinking about. So let's start with the first step along the roadmap. And you got into this a little bit. It was define the goals, okay? And then once you define the goals, the next step is obtain the data. And then once you start getting that data in, you need to scrub it. You need to manage it. And I thought this is the really wise one. I think this is one where a lot of people can get a lot out of it. Scrub that data, maintain that data. Then when it's ready, you can explore the data. And after you've explored it, you can play around with a little bit, do some modeling, uh, enrich it a little bit. And then after that, the last step is interpret it. Now you can start making business-based decisions on data. So let's go back to that first one. You introduced it a little bit, but there's these questions that lawyers need to start asking themselves. So maybe uh, start with some common questions that someone's like, gosh, I really want to start using data to make better, more accurate decisions. Where should the typical lawyer begin in def uh, defining their goals? Indeed. So, of course, a law firm is a business. So a big question that most lawyers have is how do I be able to be more profitable in my business? And that's something that, you know, it's also a profession. But one question, a business goal that you could have is for any particular matter type, um, how much do I usually build a client? That is, how much revenue do I receive from that matter type, whether that's family law matter or a bankruptcy matter or a civil litigation matter? Um, so one, how much do I make on it? And then second question is how much does it cost to provide that service? So you have both revenue and cost. And if you think about economics, revenue minus cost equals 
uh, profit. So really you're thinking about what is the most profitable thing that I do in my practice and what is the least profitable thing? What is maybe something I you know, lose money on that it costs me more to do the service than I make on the service? Um, and there's an old joke that I, I you know, lose uh, money on every one I do, but uh, I'm making it up in volume. Uh, so really being able to figure out profitability is something that lawyers think about. So, and data of course can tell you profitability saying how, uh, how much do I get and how much does it cost? Uh, that's one business goal. You could also say for any particular document type, uh, what do I bill for this doc document type, whether it's a merger and acquisition agreement or it's a regular NDA or something else like that? Uh, what is my revenue for that document type? And what is it cost to be able to draft that document? Uh, anyway, so those are just two things that you uh, will actually have objective answers. Uh, and once you be able to uh, get the answers to that, so for any particular matter, you can drill even deeper and ask the even cooler questions. But those are good first questions to ask. Yeah, I think that's great. I think that's great. You know, and obviously, you know, law firms, they're all a little different. You know, some people practice in litigation and some people it's more transactional. And so, you know, uh, their, their business models are going to be a little different. So you got to be flexible. So let's talk uh, next steps about obtaining data, you know, where you should be looking. Any advice for making sure you're getting all that data into a place that uh, it can be meaningfully managed later? And the, what you said earlier is the answer to that question. So whatever data, whatever systems you're using, whether that's a practice management like Clio or whether that's you know your billing system, uh, whatever you're using, use the software you use and see if you can actually get the answers through that software. Uh, and if the answer is yes, then really your, your cleaning job is much easier. Um, if the answer is no, that you need to actually export it from that system into another system, then that's that's where you, you might need some additional help to be able to say export from your system into a spreadsheet where you can actually do better analytics to be able to get that data you need. Um, so of course, the um, the real answer to that question is dependent upon what system you have uh, and what you want to do with it. Uh, but that's at least an overview of, uh, you know, use the software that as God intended <laughs> to be used the software if that's able. Uh, and if you can't actually get the answers using the software, then the next step is to export it from that software into a system where you can do those analyses. Well, in your travels, I mean, do, are there people out there that can help lawyers with this? It's like, hey, I use this series of platforms. I want to, I want to start, uh, you know, consolidating into one place. I can take a look at it. Do you have some recommendations? You know, are, are there people out there that can help people or help lawyers with that? There certainly are, and I guess I, I don't know enough of them to be able to give recommendations. I hate to give uh, one person a recommendation for others. So I, I would say that, yes, there are lots of consultants. I, I guess I, I will say that the folks at Lawyerist are really good at, at being able to advise, and they probably have a better Rolodex of people that could help with that work. Uh, but yeah, there's uh, Lawyerist is good, and but really there's uh, anybody who can export from the system you're interested in, whether that be a practice management or otherwise, um, can export it into a system you can do manipulation. And strangely, the uh, you know, I've worked uh, within uh, Facebook. I was on Facebook's campus for about a year and a half. Um, and I was amazed at how many people within Facebook just use spreadsheets. Um, so when you're thinking about, you know, I need to export it from Clio, for example, to something, uh, maybe that's as easy as just exporting it to a spreadsheet that you can do those analyses. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, let's talk about the next step. But I think this is the most important one. This is, I, I think, where you get the most ROI. And so you opened up, you said, better data beats a fancy algorithm. And I like that because it's like, you keep it simple. You know, you, uh, you, uh, you know, it's like the measure twice, cut once sort of mentality. But this is the scrub data uh, section here. And so in this is a lot of things. It's sorting, it's structuring, it's making it searchable, cleaning it out, maintaining it. So let's go through there. What, what are some good steps that, uh, you know, if you want to be prepared, you want to do this right from the outset. So, so what kind of uh, you know what kind of uh, paradigm of thinking should you be getting into uh, to help prepare yourself to scrub and properly maintain your data? 
I think you should be thinking about um, how uh, can a computer most easily give me the answers that I want. And one way that a computer can easily do that is through tagging. Uh, so if you say, okay, I have, uh, I as a lawyer uh, have on my family law practice, I also do some bankruptcies and I also do some civil litigation here and there. Um, so each of those is a tag that you can then apply to your data. And so, um, and of course, machines, computers can be able to say, okay, if you have a tag, then how many matters do we do for things that have that tag? You know, so you can think about it like Amazon. Uh, you go to Amazon, you could say, okay, show me all the shoes. Okay, show me all the men's shoes. Okay, show me all the men's shoes that are size 10 and a half. Okay, show me all the men's shoes 10 and a half that are black. Each of those is a tag that Amazon has applied to the, uh, to the products to be able to give you a better answer, to be able to give you the questions that you're looking for, answer the questions you're looking for. So really think about that as your data, your practice data is in the same way. Think about all the things that you care about within your practice that either makes you money or costs you money uh, and that either wins cases or loses cases and then tag it. So tag that data in a way that the machine can then say, oh yeah, I can tell you what kind of uh, you know, family law matters you have in front of Judge Smith in the second district. Uh, and then based on those, you can say, okay, what's my revenue for those? And what's my cost for those? Uh, and how often does Judge Smith rule in my favor versus the other person's favor? Um, anyway, so once you know the questions you wanna ask, tag the things that will help the computer get you the answers that you need. So that's being able to clean the data and be able to then also be able to uh, be able to tag the data are the two most important things. And essentially what you're talking about with tagging the data is applying certain terms to it to make it searchable and findable. And so you know, w one of the uh, issues that you handled uh, in your presentation was talking about applying a uniform standard for that tagging, finding uh, across, you know, across your firm, words and phrases that your fellow uh, lawyers at your firm will also recognize. So you said there's some standards for law that you could turn to to kind of use that as guidance for helping create those search terms for your data. And that's exactly right. Yeah. So the the biggest uh, and the one that I'm most closely involved with is called SALI. It's spelled S-A-L-I. It's uh, the Standards uh, for the Advancement of Legal uh, Initiatives, I think is what S-A-L-I stands for. And they've already got a ready-made uh, list of about uh, over 5,000 tags uh, that you don't have to recreate the wheel. Uh, so you can look to that Sally data set and be able to say, okay, of those 5,000, I want these 10 or I want these 15 that actually apply to me. Uh, and the benefit of doing that is one, you don't spend a lot of time thinking through the taxonomy. Uh, but number two, most importantly, is that you're using the same taxonomy that uh, Lexus and uh, Thomson Reuters and Fastcase, where I work, um, we're also using that same Sally taxonomy. So if I want, to, if you then want to run a query across Fastcase and say, show me all the cases that you have in front of Judge Smith in the second district that relate to family law matters, you and I will be speaking the same language and I can serve to you from Fastcase all of the data you're looking for in that structured way. So benefit number one, you don't need to recreate the wheel. Benefit number two is you using the same tags that others in the industry are too. Now the next step, exploring data, you know, seemed to me uh, more, more to me like you're, um, you're going through and inspecting it. You're sort of in a way, so analyzing what you already had. So you've already defined your goals. You've already obtained it. You've gone, uh, taken some measures to sort it, structure it, make it searchable, maybe clean it out, remove some duplicate uh, data entries and things like that. So you've gone through maintaining it. Now you're basically taking a look at it to see what you have. Is that kind of what you meant by exploring data? That's exactly right. That's the coolest part of data science is to be able to explore it and say, oh, isn't that interesting? I actually make more money in this kind of matter than in that kind of matter. And boy, 
if isn't that weird? If I say, show me only the matters in front of Judge Smith, it looks like, uh, you know, I'm able to be able to finish the uh, matters in front of Judge Smith faster and I make more money in those. Boy, isn't that weird? Let me try that on Judge Jones, right? And so you're able to, the cool part about that explore data phase is that you're able to uh, ask more questions now that you're able to see the data. Uh, it's not, a, not just about the answers you get from the questions you originally thought, but that explore data stage, you can actually figure out new questions that will answer other questions, answer other answers, I guess, answer other questions you may have. And then the next step kind of builds upon that. So now you're going to take this data after you've explored it, you start making some models, you start enriching it. So now you're, uh, you're saying, wow, you know, I didn't realize this about my practice. I'd like to learn a little bit more about this. And so you maybe go back in, plug some more data in. So you're kind of reiterating, right? You're trying to perfect this. So you're trying to model, you're trying to create something with, you're trying to enrich the data, maybe pull in some additional data. And then from there, it's getting a little bit more usable. Is that the next, is that a good way to describe the next step? That's exactly right. Yeah. And the, the iterate stage can be in any one of the stages that we've gone through because uh, so, uh, you know, as you're asking the questions and defining your goals, your goals may change during the process. Um, you know, example is, is Docket Alarm is a fast case product that has four, over 420 million documents. So with that really rich data set, you can run analytics to be able to say, oh, you know, how many of these types of matters has Judge Smith had? How many, how many breach of contract matters has Judge Smith had? And you get an answer. And then after you do that, say, oh, interesting. How many of those has a woman been at the, uh, at the a litigant? Uh, and you can get that answer. So anyway, so that uh, that iterate step is be able to say, oh, now that I know the answer to the first question, I can iterate and be able to answer the second question and the third question. And that's the, the most important, more, most important, and I would argue the most fun part of data science. And the last part, of course, is you know turning this into something that's profitable. So your return on investment is now you be able to use this information to start making business decisions. So one one thing that uh, this is my last question for you, Damien. You know, since uh, you know it, this has been created internally within an organization, and now the last step is you want to start using this data. You've defined the goals, you've obtained the data, you've scrubbed it, you've explored it, you've created your own models and everything. How do you prevent yourself from having like a confirmation bias? You know, like basically you're telling yourself what you want to hear. It's like oh oh, I think that these cases are our most profitable. You would like to hear that because you like doing them, but the truth might be something different. How do you avoid a confirmation bias when you interpret your own data? That's a really good question. And yeah, so those who know data science uh, know that confirmation bias is uh, a real thing, not just uh, with, you know, legal side, but also for any uh, scientist. You know, you start out a scientific effort with a hypothesis and you generally try to prove or disprove that hypothesis. So in a sense, that is confirmation bias. So I guess the, the way to combat that is to say that um, when I'm asking this question, I'm going to go wherever the data leads me. <laughs> if the data leads me to, to uh, see that the thing that I love the most, the area of law I love practicing the most, is actually the least profitable. And oh, by the way, I actually might be uh, spending more money than I'm actually generating, uh, so that as I'm losing money on every case that I take. That is a tough pill to swallow. Uh, but I think in the onset of any data science project, you have to be uh, essentially saying, I'm going to follow the data where it follows, even if it's uh, uncomfortable and even if it uh, takes me to a place that I don't like, um, data doesn't lie. You know, in God we trust, uh, everyone else can bring data. Um, and so uh, I think that uh, following the data where it leads is something everybody should strive to do. Well, we've reached into the road for this episode, but I want to thank our guest, Damien, for joining us. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much, Lawrence. I, I love your program and I really enjoyed being with you. Thank you for coming on. And please tell our friends over there at FastCase, Ed, Phil, Steve, Christina, Michael, Super Joe, and Carly, hello for us, please. 
I certainly will. They're, they're the greatest team on the planet, and I love going to work every day. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please rate and leave us a review in your favorite podcasting app. We'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road with Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook. Or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Bye.